blessed from it. All right, 1 John chapter 4. Move from that book to another book. Um, as you might know, if you've ever uh, been in my office or um, most anywhere I've been, uh, if I, you know, a lot of people, you know, you see these things on TV where people leave breadcrumbs to find their way back, you know, home. Uh, I just follow my trail of books because I got, you know, I got books laying there. I've, that's, that's, that's why don't give me one this big because I'm the same way. I'll get about and then I'll start on another one. So I've got books laying everywhere that, I've, that I'm reading a chapter out of here and there. And so uh, I, I counted not long ago. I think I got about, uh, about 5,000 uh, and I've got my eyeballs on another stack of them that I think somebody's going to get rid of and I'm trying to figure out how to get to the, right to the front of the line. Uh, you know, uh, and, and get a hold of these. Uh, but I uh, love books. Um, and one of them, uh, one of my uh, favorites of all time, and I, I say this all the time, I, I highly recommend this book. I don't get any commission from it. Uh, I, I love the author. He's a great man, uh, a friend of mine, uh, not like buddy-buddy friend of mine, but I know Gary, uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. He is uh, an associate pastor up at Calvary and Winston. Some of you may have read it. Some of you have read uh, the book, The Five Love Languages of the Heart. Have you seen that book? A couple of you. Okay. Uh, another one I would highly recommend. What Dr. Chapman has done um, is Gary has, uh, he describes in that book uh, five main ways uh, that we uh, experience and express love. Um, and uh, he lays those out and uh, they are really beneficial. The only people who don't need to read this book and know the material in that book uh, are people who have no relationships. If you have no relationships, you are excused. Uh, but otherwise, uh, I would suggest reading the book. At the very least, uh, I would recommend, it's very simple, uh, you can go online uh, and Google five love languages, probably love languages, Gary Chapman, uh, probably any of those things. And online, you can do a really quick test, um, answer some questions, uh, and it will tell you uh, what your love language is. Uh, the book will help you to understand it. Um, the book will really help you uh, once you know what your, uh, your husband or wife or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, what their love language is, how to, uh, how to better uh, relate to them. And he puts them in uh, five categories. They're really uh, pretty obvious what, uh, what uh, they mean. One of them is words of affirmation. Uh, and I think all of us know that. Some people, uh, they really like an animal. Uh, you know, that, that's, you know, you, you, you tell them, hey, you look nice today, hey, you did a good job, they're, they're walking on air. You know, uh, anybody in here, you just, if you were guessing, anybody in here, words of affirmation would be, would be you. Nobody wants to fess up. Okay. Then Tommy, okay, uh, words of affirmation. Uh, the second uh, language that he identifies uh, is quality time. Uh, just simply spending quality time with the person. Um, and uh, that, that's pretty, again, straightforward. Anybody in here want to fess up? Uh, that quality time. I see a couple back there. 
uh, quality time. Uh, when somebody shares quality time with you, that just really, you know, gets your, you know, engine running. You really feel loved uh, in that. Uh, the other thing, the other side of that again is when, when that's your love language, that's how you show love. Uh, you know, because that's the way you experience love. That's the way you think everybody else does. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's good to know that because if you got somebody whose love language is words of affirmation married to somebody whose love language uh, is quality time, you can see that, you know, well, I told you you did a good job. I ain't got to sit down and spend all day with you. Yeah, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing. You see how these uh, would work. One of them, physical touch. Uh, just, you know, hug me, hold my hand, uh, that kind of thing, uh, you know, is it, uh, some people's love language. Anybody know that that's their, just, just in your heart, you know that's your love language, okay? Uh, fourth one, acts of service, um, and um, just doing something for me. Uh, you know, uh, husbands go out and wash their car, that's one, you know, something like that, uh, you know, uh, Fold the clothes, mop the floor, uh, you know, something like that. Acts of service. Uh, every woman in the house raised her hand for that one. That, anybody here say that one just really, you really feel loved? Or something? Yeah, that's Suzanne, okay, got a couple of those. You really like somebody to, to, to do something for you. And then finally, um, the fifth one was receiving gifts. Again, all five of these are pretty straightforward. Uh, I don't need to explain receiving gifts. Uh, it doesn't have to be, again, you know, a $10,000 diamond, but just, you know, somebody just, you know, they, they know you like a Snickers candy bar, and they come home from work and bring you a Snickers. Uh, you know, just something along those lines. You know, uh, anybody in here receiving gifts? Some of you didn't raise your hand for any of them. You don't know where you are. Uh, you know, or you don't have a love language. I don't know. Uh, but uh, if you think about it, that's, you know, everybody... Uh, in some way or another, those, and, and you know, I'm sure you can nitpick, uh, and if you want to, I'm sure Gary won't be offended if you want to write a book, uh, but he's boiling down to these five uh, really uh, broad categories, and, and if you think about it, pretty much, they, they, they pretty well get it. They, they pretty well cover uh, how everybody would experience or express their love. Uh, you know, some people, if they want to show you they love you, um, you know, they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to come mow your yard for you. You know, they, they're going to do something for you. Some people are, are you know, they're huggers. Uh, you know, that's how they show their love. Uh, you know, and so uh, everybody uh, explains and expresses love uh, in, in one of those five ways. Now, the reason I tell you that uh, is because we've been talking a lot uh, about love. John really emphasizes the idea of love uh, in, in this letter. And he really kind of, uh, he gives us uh, almost a triangle. I, 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 I sit down and played a little bit yesterday drawing and trying to figure out how I wanted to, uh, to, to word that. I never got it to where I was really content with uh, enough to actually just put it up on the screen, but I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, he talks about, uh, he really expresses several ways that love just kind of runs a circle. God loves us. 
John just continually stresses that, uh, both in his epistles and in uh, his gospel as well. We obviously have uh, John 3.16. He really stresses the fact that God loves us. He also then stresses that we love him back. Uh, so there's a second side uh, to that love, that, that this love should be a, a two-way street. Because God loved us, uh, God loved us enough that he gave us his only begotten son. Uh, he says God showed us his love. Now, he says because God did that, we should love him back. Uh, we should express our love back to him. But interestingly, uh, as you read what John writes, and we talked a lot about this, uh, he says uh, that those two pieces are, are, are brought together. Uh, they are connected by this. God showed us how he loved us by sending his son. Now, we are to love him. How do we show God we love him? Not by necessarily doing acts of service or any of those things for God, but we show God we love Him by loving each other. Uh, it's an interesting uh, picture uh, of how love works and how love, uh, God's love, is experienced and expressed uh, and uh, that others uh, see it uh, and know it uh, so that a follower uh, of Jesus Christ, he says, will love God and love God's people. And if he doesn't, you know, if you don't have both sides of that, uh, of that triangle, then, then something's wrong. What happens if you've got a triangle and you take one side out? The triangle collapses. God loves us. We love him. We demonstrate that uh, by loving uh, each other. And in this passage, uh, we're going to look at a, what I'm going to call a, a spiritual love language. How we experience and express the love of God. Uh, that is, we've talked a lot about uh, over the last few weeks. You know, we've got to love, we've got to love, we've got to love. And some people, you know, you hear that and say, okay, how do I do it? Well, here's how God tells us we really show that we love one another. First of all, uh, as we look in uh, verse 14, uh, John says this, We have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son uh, to be the Savior of the world. There, there, there's, um, i got to be honest with you. I, I have struggled mightily uh, with this passage in, uh, uh, in getting ready for this morning. Uh, I was, uh, even late last night, I was still tweaking and, uh, and thinking about some things uh, that, and I pretty much never uh, am that late getting uh, my, my sermon prepared and finished off, uh, but trying to get this together. But the word that finally, uh, of all the crazy things and uh, the crazy ways that, uh, that sermons come uh, together uh, for me, anyway, I, you know, there, there are probably some preachers out there who've got some real scientific thing that says, I don't you know, I, I don't. Uh, but what really clicked this in my head was this word. If you look in that uh, verse 14, was the word and. The word and is what really brought this uh, together for me. John says, uh, we have seen and do testify. We have seen 
and do testify. What I want to do this morning is I, I'm going uh, to take a moment here uh, and, and uh, dig in a little bit uh, on some words. I'm not necessarily going to give you a, uh, a, a Greek lesson, but we are going to spend a little bit of time uh, doing some, uh, some word study here. Let's talk about a couple of these words uh, that John says. John says, this is what, uh, what has happened. This is what uh, we have done. We have seen. Well, what does he say? He says, we have seen that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior uh, of the world. We have seen that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. What does it mean when he says, we have seen? Uh, I think most of us have a, uh, a pretty good idea. If you were to say to somebody, I've seen so-and-so, I've seen this. Uh, but let's talk about precisely uh, what the words that John used here meant when he said we have seen. It means, uh, and, and there's a couple of little pieces of this definition that I think uh, are, uh, are extremely crucial uh, to this statement. It means, when he says we have seen, it means to gaze upon something uh, that stimulates, here's the part that uh, really hits home, I think, when, you know, I've seen a lot of things. I, you know, I, I you know, thank Diane Lane and all the hard work they've done. I've seen this sitting here for a couple weeks now. I don't know what it is. I still don't. I studied a little closer in. I don't know what it is. And while it's real pretty and and all and, and it's shiny and you know men like shiny things and just you know whether we know what they are or not. Uh, you know, uh, you know. And and I did exactly what you know. I told her you know if you want to decorate those big ugly boxes where we don't see them as bad. Great job, Diane. Please don't take this as an insult, okay? I don't know what it is. To be honest, it has not changed my life. You know, if I come in next week and they're gone, they will be, because I said this, no, Diane, don't do that. I'm, I'm, just, I'm using them as an example. They're great. And I'm sure if you were to ask most everybody here, they love them. I just don't know what they are. But they're pretty. Please don't be offended. Diane, forgive me. Okay. Yeah. Y'all done hurt my feelings now. I gotta quit preaching and go talk to Diane. Um, but you know there's things in life we see that are that what? It's great. You know. They're flowers. Hey, you know, there, there's some of you who just get all googly over flowers and stuff. And it's like, you know, I now let me say this. I was the one who got them or helped get them. I accommodated them from somewhere, I can't tell you what. Um, you know, uh yeah. You know, Y'all paid for them. The tax dollars paid for them, just by the way. Uh, but, but I accumulated them. Look at a bucket of sticks to me. Uh, but my wife thinks they're just beautiful. She looked, she wanted to put them in our house. In fact, she did for a little while put them in our house. I've actually put a bucket of sticks in my living room. I see them. But John says, when he says, now I've got my wife and Diane married. Um, you might want to take me to lunch. Um, uh, <clears throat> when John says we have seen, he said that the word that he uses means to gaze on something uh, that, and, and look upon something that stimulates 
the moral and the mental faculties in an impressive and stimulating way. You see the difference? I'm not put down. Please forgive me. You know, Robert, please feed me lunch. Uh, you know, I'm not knocking those things. Just let's be honest. Do, do they really stimulate? You know, those chairs, they, you know, they're good to have. It'd be worse if we didn't. You know, we had to stand up for an hour. You know, but to see something that stimulates you. I don't think there's a person in this room who would compare one of these chairs or that jar of sticks to a beautiful sunset. Right? The, the birth of a child. There, there, there's some things that we see that move us. That might be the word I'm looking for. You ever been moved by something? Okay, we moved on from love language. Anybody ever been moved or, or, or stimulated by something you saw was just so awe-inspiring? Yeah, it might have been snow-covered mountains. It might have been a sunrise or a sunset. It might have been the beach. It might have been the birth of your child or grandchild. But, you know, something that just, you know, stirred you inside. That's what John says. We were stirred, we were moved by seeing Jesus, by seeing what Jesus did, by seeing him walk among us, by seeing him. When I saw the life, the ministry, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it stirred me. It moved me. It wasn't just him. I, I, you know, all of us, you, when you go home today, you're going to drive down the road and you're going to ask me, what am I going to be up there? And you're not going to think anything else about it. Right? Johnson, I didn't just pass Jesus on the street and go, oh, that's cool. Johnson, I was moved. My life was changed because I saw Jesus. with me? Didn't that work? And I saw him, I was moved, I was stirred, it touched me intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, what I saw in Jesus Christ. Here's what I want you to do. Don't, don't take an ink pen and do this. I want you, you know, if you have your Bible, and if you don't, bring it next week. Look at your Bible. Uh, I can't see, but I hope the passage is over here on the wall. If you don't have your Bible, if you don't have your Bible, you turn on your phone, something where you can see this verse. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read this verse, and I want you to mark out two words, mentally. Not physically, but mentally. Mark out the two words and testify. And read the verse this way. We have seen that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. We have seen that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Do you see, do you hear the remarkable, unmistakable difference in that and what John actually said? We have seen that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. 
as opposed to what John said, we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Remarkable difference in those two statements. What does it mean? We're talking about seeing something that stirs me intellectually, emotionally, something that moves me that I have witnessed. What does it mean then to testify? To testify uh, means, and, and again, here's the, the, there's, a, there's a couple of little things in this definition of that word that are important. Speaking and or acting to confirm information about oneself or others. Speaking or and or acting to confirm information. Now, let's take all of that and cram it together and let's listen to what John says uh, when John gives us his confession here, and he's talking about, again, the love. How do we know the love of God? What does the love of God look like? John says, I saw something. Well, let, let, me, do, let, me, let me play a little bit with some words here, okay? Bear with me. Let, let's just play around for a little bit. I saw something that moved me intellectually, morally, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and I told no one. Does that make any... Those two, I mean, that's like a head-on collision. That's, you know, that's not two things that go together. I saw something that stirred me, that moved me, that changed me emotionally, that touched my heart, and I didn't tell a soul. No. John says we saw it and we testified about it. We spoke and we acted differently because we saw something that moved us emotionally. Something that moved us spiritually. Something that stirred us and touched us. Something that got a hold of our hearts. I saw something like that and it caused me to speak differently. It caused me to act differently. I had to tell people that Jesus Christ was the Savior of the world. What is the love language that God wants us to understand? We have, uh, in the last 20 years, the church uh, of Jesus Christ has become very caught up in the idea of social ministry. By social ministry, what I'm talking about is the church has gotten very big into uh, providing food into providing homes, into even disaster relief, as we see right now. All those things that help the world socially. But if all we do is put food on people's tables, I told them when they gave me just a little bit of authority about uh, the Baptist sharing house up the street, if all we're going to do is give away food, let's close it. Because I can train a monkey to throw food in somebody's car as they drive by. What I want you to do is hand somebody a biscuit and tell them about Jesus. 
If we have seen something that moves us so much, if I have seen something that moves me emotionally and spiritually, that it has touched me morally and mentally, and I genuinely love Debbie, I'm going to tell her what I saw. Don't tell us how much you love people because you gave them a can of green beans. I'm all for food ministry. We do a lot of it here. Don't get me wrong. During Corona, I was responsible to help move a couple million pounds of food. But if all you do is pass out green beans and you never tell them about the bread of life, they're going to die and bust hell out right of If you really love somebody, listen, the government passes out food. There are a lot of people. Listen, John says we saw it and we testified. It moved us, changed us, affected us spiritually, emotionally, and we had to tell somebody. That's a love language. That's how we speak love to a lost and a dying world. Jesus didn't sit at the right hand of his Father and look down out of the portals of glory and yell down to earth, I love you. No. When Jesus wanted us to know he loved us, he got up, he left all the glory and the splendor of heaven. He came to this earth, he walked among men, he worked, he taught, and he worked, and he eventually died on a cross and shed his blood to save our rotten, rotten soul. He didn't just tell us he loved us. Showed us. John says, that's my point. John says, we saw and we testified. The second piece of, the, of this love language, of, uh, of, of spiritual love language, is the confidence. Look what he says in verse 15. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. John says, let me tell you, what I saw, and what it did to me, and what I believe. Because of what I saw, because of what I witnessed, because of what I heard out of my Savior's mouth, I believe that whoever confesses Jesus as the Son of God, that that person has God dwelling in them. He said, I am confident of that fact. Listen, the second piece here of this spiritual love language that reveals to the world that God dwells in us is a confidence in what God has done. Is a belief uh, of what God is doing in our life, what God has accomplished in our life. Listen, he's saying that I am confident, I am 1,000% sure of the love of God. Have you ever witnessed or seen something and you wasn't real sure what it was or what you saw, so you just kept your mouth shut. 
You think you saw it. You thought you. I thought I saw a UFO. But I ain't saying nothing because they'll think I'm crazy. You ever had something like that happen to you? You see, you're pretty sure you saw it. But you, you, you look, I, I might have hit my head. Yeah. You know, I got them bad eyes and I didn't have on my glasses. Sun was in my eyes, something. You know, you're just not sure what you saw, so you just don't say anything. John says, I know what I saw. I know I saw the Father send the Son to be the Savior of the world, and because of that, I believe, and I'm telling people, if you don't confess Jesus Christ as Son of God, your Savior, you are lost. Any of you this week read about the man here in North Carolina who was following his GPS and took a turn following his GPS and went down a road and the bridge was out. And he drove his car off into the ravine and died. They believed that someone had moved the signs who said that the bridge was out. If you believed the bridge was out, you'd be standing out in the middle of the road doing everything you could to stop people from going down that road, wouldn't you? You'd be out there waving the light, turn the light on your phone, calling the police, calling the fire department, waving a rag. You've been doing something, trying to block the road. John says, because I'm confident of what Christ did. Now, if you hated people, you'd sit up on your porch and watch them. If you love people, and you know the bridge is out, you're going to go out there and do something, right? John says, when we love people, and we know the bridge is out, that if they die without Jesus into the pits of hate, John says, then we're going to go do something. I'm confident that Jesus Christ is the only way of salvation. See, really, when you look at how the average Christian acts. There's really only a couple conclusions we can come to. One of them is, is evidently many Christians believe that there's more than one way to heaven. See my point? If we're not out there going, Jesus Christ is the only way. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. He is only by His name that man can be saved. If we're not out there doing that, then one conclusion would be we must believe that there's some other way to get to God. Another conclusion we can make 
would be that we don't care. Right? Am I wrong? If we're not seeing and testifying, something doesn't add up. There's this little math game I play uh, every day. And they say you need to do things like that to keep your mind from going. You know, so I got this little math game I play, and you have to kind of guess the formula. And every now and then I mess it up, and I'll come up and say, that does not compute. That always hurts my feelings because I'm pretty good at math. And that hurts my feelings when I put it in and it tells me my math don't compute. I don't tell you something. The math does not compute. When you say I saw Jesus and I believe Jesus, He has changed me and moved me emotionally, spiritually, morally, mentally, and I'm not telling anybody. That don't compute. John says, I'm confident. I'm confident. And then finally, look what he says. Verse 14, we have known and believed the love of God. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. This thought really just kind of continues what he just said in verse 15, and it really is the main point of John's letter. It's really the main point of the whole letter. When John says, a person that is truly a Christian, and he is really part of the, the family of God, really part of the, of the Christian family, and he understands that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and he has he will demonstrate that belief by loving others, and he loves others by telling them about the love of Jesus Christ. I'm afraid there's going to be a lot of people standing in hell with great big cans of green beans under their arm saying we appreciate the green beans but we really wish you'd have told us about Jesus. We appreciate you cutting the trees off of our house when the storm came but we really wish you'd have told us about Jesus. We appreciate the love offering you took up down at your church but we really wish You'd have told us about Jesus in this horrible place. We appreciate you being nice to us. We appreciate you giving us some clothes when we didn't have any. We appreciate you giving us water when we didn't have anything to drink. But we really wish you'd have told us about Jesus in this horrible place. John says if we love somebody, he said if we're really abiding, and I love what Tony Evans says. Tony Evans, I don't know how many of you know who I'm talking about, but Tony Evans says, 
He uses the word abide. He says the word abide means hanging out. He says, if you're hanging out with Jesus, you'll tell somebody about Jesus. If you're hanging out with Jesus, you'll tell somebody about Jesus. Warren Wiersbe, he's got a great story that he tells in one of his books. He tells of a Salvation Army worker who found a homeless person, homeless woman sitting out on the street, and he invited her to come in to the Salvation Army building, chapel, whatever you, you call it, to come in and, and, and get some help. She wouldn't come. She refused to move. And, and he told her, he said, man, we love you and we want to help you. God loves you and died for you. And we just said that she wouldn't budge. She wouldn't move. She stayed right where she was. She wouldn't, wouldn't do a thing. And finally, the Salvation Army woman leaned over and just kissed the homeless woman on the cheek and took her in her arms and held her in hope for a few moments. The homeless lady began to cry sobbing great big tears. And she came to her feet and took the Salvation Army lady by the hand and followed her into the chapel where she ultimately asked Christ into her heart. Later, she said to the Salvation Army worker, she says, you told me God loved me. But it wasn't until you showed me that God loved me that I wanted to be saved. Jesus didn't just preach the love of God. He didn't just talk about the love of God. He proved the love of God by going to a cross, stretching out his arms, and giving himself for you and I. Please don't leave here thinking that I'm criticizing food ministries, disaster. If, if you've been here any length of time, you know better. You know better. What I am saying is that that's all we do. We fail. We fail. When we share the love of God, that we have seen, that has moved us, stirred us emotionally, spiritually, has touched us morally and mentally and changed us. When we have truly seen that kind of love, John says we must testify of that love. We must. And if we don't, have we really seen the love? I want to ask you about your head this morning.
spiritual love language. Showing people, showing lost men and women, boys and girls, the love of God. I want to run you through a series of yes and no questions. Have you seen something in God that has touched you and moved you spiritually, emotionally, impacted you mentally and morally? Have you seen some, have you seen something in God that you can say, yes, I've, I've seen it in God. It has touched me. It has changed me. Yes, I've seen that. Then John says we should be testifying. We should be testifying. If you're here today and you say yes to that question, then the next question is, are you testifying? Are you telling what you saw? If not, I want to encourage and invite you to come this morning and kneel and say, Lord, and listen, I know that's not easy. Lord, give me the courage. Give me the strength. Help me to tell people. Help me to tell my waitress today at lunch. Help me to tell my cashier at the grocery store. Help me to tell my children, my family, my co-workers. Help me to be brave enough. Help me to have the words to tell those around me what I have saw in Jesus Christ. But if you say this morning, no, I haven't seen that. I haven't been moved. I haven't been stirred. I haven't been changed by what I see in Jesus Christ. No matter how young you are, how old you are, would you come this morning and let us show you from God's Word how you can be saved. Let me show you Jesus. Let me show you what Christ did for you. Loved you enough, he says, to die for you. Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. God, we know that just as Gary has identified ways that we show love to our, our, our husband and our wife, God, you've shown us how we show love to the lost and dying world. By showing them Jesus. By telling them and showing them what we have seen, the experience we've had. God, give us that courage today. If there's one here today that doesn't know Christ, it's never experienced him. God, would you touch their heart that they would come this morning? God, ask Christ into their life to be their Savior. Now we pray that you stir our hearts here this morning. We'll give you the honor for it all. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And as we stand together.
school tomorrow night. Uh, we will be doing our comfort treat, and I'd love to have you here to be part of that. Um, and um, if maybe you can't be here, but you'd like to be involved, if you'd like to bring uh, some uh, candy that we can distribute, uh, again, it needs to be, you know, we, we live in a post-COVID world where everybody's cautious, make sure it's sealed up, you know, that kind of, that kind of candy that, uh, you know, that people will feel safe uh, getting. Uh, if you'd like to provide the candy, if you can't be here that night. Uh, also, if you'd like to go ahead and, and talk to you about the coach, the coach for the city of New York, uh, if you'd like to go ahead and start bringing those in, uh, I will take those um, to the drop-off point um, when uh, I go to the convention in November. Uh, so um, we'll start bringing in the new or gently used coats of any, any size, children uh, on up. Uh, you want to bring those in uh, so we can start collecting those and getting those where uh, they uh, need to be. All right, uh, remember those two things uh, that uh, are coming up. All right, let's bounce with this year. Sydney, would you dismiss this in prayer, please?